Hey ladies, this is our first week of Advent in our study guides. And I know, like everyone else out there on the planet, that we are aware Christmas is coming. Thank you to the advertising industry and the playlists at the grocery stores. If I hear that 1984 song, Last Christmas by Wham, one more time, I think I might just have a breakdown. I don't know about you. I was like, ah, why do they play it so much? I'd rather stick my head in the freezer along with the leftover Christmas candy that I'm hiding from Greg than to deal with it one more time. But then I remembered last year at Christmas time, overhearing the strains of that very familiar song coming from my house upstairs in the HomePod speaker, and I realized it was Riley, my oldest granddaughter, taking a bubble bath and listening to George Michael sing about his broken heart the day after he had given it away. And my previously fake Christmas song aversion heart grew about three sizes bigger a bit like the Grinch. Well, maybe two sizes bigger. But the mood lately, in so many places, has been off for a while, hasn't it? Unfriendly, angry, combative, decidedly not about peace on earth and goodwill towards men or women or puppies or anyone else at all. Whether you're optimistic or whether you're fatalistic about the changes coming next year for our country, you have to have noticed this thick cloud of decisive ickiness. But meanwhile, in shopping centers in town, the colorful catalogs jamming into our already overflowing mailboxes and all the social media feeds that are blowing up with ads, the message is loud and clear. Here's what you need to buy to buy yourself a very Merry Christmas. It's part of the phenomenon that we call Christmas creep where the holiday retailers push pop-ups earlier and earlier. Most of the time, it just feels gross because it's all about trying to extend the season for consumer purposes. And it makes me think it's all so very Scrooge-like. And if it isn't, it makes me feel Scrooge-like. It's easy to see why so many are hungry for just a little bit of whimsy, a little cheeriness, a solidly earnest and non-ironic hug of twinkly lights. That's my style. And the unnatural, you know, glowing colored LED lit trees. That's Greg's style. And cookies shaped like snowflakes, even when I'm not supposed to be eating any sort of cookies, no matter how they're shaped. But for you, my dear sisters in Christ, I wish I could reach through this microphone and grab your shoulders and say, rather than wage war on an anti-commercial Christmas... It would be so much better if we, who claim to believe in Jesus, lived the season in the never-fading light of Advent, preparing our hearts, anticipating the celebration of the King of Kings. We, of all people, should be reflecting on what the true meaning of Christmas is, what the Bible teaches us about Jesus' first coming and Jesus' second coming, right? How much better to walk calmly and focused into this season. For centuries around the world, believers have set aside four weeks leading into Christmas to do this very thing. Advent is a word that might be unfamiliar to some of us. It comes from a Latin word, uh, like I really know Latin. I just read this. Um, and that is used for coming or the appearing of Christ in the flesh. Now, I love decorating the house as much as any of you. 
And I'm currently working on updating the addresses on my Christmas card list and planning the traditional sleepover with my grandkids, which we all love. But I don't really want to lose what Advent is truly about. Did you know that historically Advent had a double focus? One was to celebrate Christmas, the first appearing of Jesus Christ in the flesh, and the other was when Jesus was to return, and it looked forward to that day. That first appearing of Christ, as perhaps my favorite old hymn says, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail incarnate deity. On Christmas Eve, when we light the candles and sing that song, I can barely whisper out those words. They move me so deeply when I think, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. (sighs) And as I sing that, I recall the second emphasis of Advent, and that is to look forward to a future day, to the return of Jesus that we call the second Advent or the second coming. I sense the groaning and longing of all creation this time of year. For the day when Jesus returns, Jesus will come as sure as he came the first time, and he'll come to take us with him into an eternity of bliss and parties beyond our imagination. The reality of Christmas is really about longing. It's about coming. His birthday that we are celebrating, it's all about him and the impact that has on our lives and on our families. Well, speaking of birthdays, I, as I'm recording this podcast, in a few days, Greg's 70th birthday is about to occur. It's a big one, as decade birthdays often are, and it's been on my mind for at least six months. And I had my ideas of how to honor and celebrate him. However, when I shared my ideas of how to do this with Greg, he had entirely different ideas of what he would enjoy most and make him happy. So I had some serious rethinking to do. Not what would please me, but what would please him. Planning a party for someone can be a joy when you know what it is that makes them feel loved and valued. And this season, as we worship Christ with our hearts and our mouths. Let's do it with our actions, because Jesus tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let's honor him with our lives. All I have to do to stir my heart as to why it is important to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and cherish our loved ones is just to imagine the unthinkable. What would my life be without Greg? Where would I be What would I be without him? But this is the bigger point, ladies, as we're thinking of preparing our hearts to remember Christ's first and second advent that is soon to come, that we might ask ourselves that same question. What would my life be without Jesus? Just stop and think for that very moment, what you would be without him. It's a way of awakening us like a splash of cold water, to my dull routines, to my growing to-do list this time of year. If I just begin to imagine what my life, what your life, what this world would be, if not for our Savior, 
for our Lord Jesus. Dear ones, have you taken Jesus for granted? All the best and most meaningful celebrations are thought about and planned ahead of time, aren't they? And behind the outward trappings, hopefully, ideally, is a sweet motivation, a mindfulness, a meditation, a feeling of love and appreciation to honor the person that we love. This particular day, December 25th, was selected long ago because it was the winter solstice. It was the darkest day of the year. We light the candles, we sing our hymns, and we remember. I like to hang a wreath over my fireplace at Christmas time, but before I do, I have to do some moving of furniture. I have to remove three very special paintings made for us by our grandkids that hang in that very spot. We remove them from the wall and carefully set them aside. We push back the furniture and the floor lamp to make room for our tree. That is just an example of how we must push back on things this time of year that will crowd out our attention and our worship of Jesus this Christmas. Would you make room in your hearts, in your schedules, in your activities for anticipating and savoring Christ? Make room to study what the scriptures say about him and reflect in this simple Advent book that you'll be getting to savor the sweetness and to know how massive, incomprehensible was the price of Jesus' incarnation. Push back. Keep pushing back. Clear out. Make room for him. December will be busy, but it doesn't have to be a blur. The eternal love of God shared within the mystery of the Holy Trinity from eternity past was revealed to human beings in various passages of the Old Testament scriptures, not just the New Testament. Our Lord Jesus showed up tangibly in the Old Testament. We see him meeting with Jacob, with Abraham, with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. Jesus appeared in what was called a Christophany, appearance of Jesus before Bethlehem. It's an older story than you may realize. It's a story that is embedded within all the stories that God has spoken to us in Scripture. Most of my life I've been reading and have been taught the Old Testament as a series of life lessons or faith lessons, and that's entirely valuable. Its chief characteristics are often held up to us as principles to apply or heroes to admire or villains to disdain. I knew the Old Testament spoke of Christ, but I didn't see that. In fact, all of the Old Testament is preparing us to understand who Jesus is and what he came to do. What I didn't see is that the Old Testament tells us a story that only finds its fullest meaning when we see their completion in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reality to which all the Old Testament sacrifices and offerings and festivals point. Those offerings repeated over and over again, the sacrifice of animals, so much blood, so much sacrificing, all pointed to the final sacrifice that he was to be in order to redeem this world, purchase us by his blood, the most precious possession. He is the deliverer like Moses, 
who brings his people out of enslavement. Weren't we slaves? And didn't Jesus come into our lives and set us free from the things that bound us? He is the son of David, whose kingdom will last forever. He is greater than Solomon, whose name meant Prince of Peace. Jesus came to his disciples And at the very beginning of his ministry, he went into the synagogue in Nazareth and stood up to read from the Old Testament scroll of Isaiah. And he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes in the synagogue were looking at him intently. And he began to speak to them. This scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And then he said to the religious leaders, You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. John 5, verse 39. Jesus was saying that the entirety of the Old Testament that we are reading, the scriptures that we have included in this study guide, all of that history of the Old Testament, its promises, its people, its laws, its ceremonies, its songs, all of it is about Jesus if we can see it. Jesus had to say one time, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in Scripture. Wasn't it clearly predicted that Messiah would have to suffer these things before entering into his glory? Then Jesus took his disciples through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. And when I read this, I am disappointed that the count stops there. This conversation Jesus had with his two disciples on the road to Emmaus, I would have loved to have listened in on that and heard it in its entirety. How amazing it would have been to have Jesus walk us through Genesis, Leviticus, Judges, Psalms, Proverbs, and Isaiah. Oh, those scriptures that we have given you to meditate on in this Advent guide can help us discover Jesus in ways that we have never seen him before. And it's my prayer that you will, along with me, stand back in wonder at the magnificence of God's love for you, his plan of redemption to come near, to bring you to himself. We can't help but marvel at his providence and power to bring about that plan. He loved you and came for you, and gave himself for you. That is the way to reflect and walk through this season of the year. We need it so badly. And when you have that realization, perhaps you won't mind hearing last Christmas just one more time. Maybe you won't mind when the odd red and green items start popping up at random stores at the end of next summer, And even when, on December 25th in Southern California, it can be 80 degrees or higher, and we have to turn the fans on. Let the real Jesus, the real meaning of Christmas, be your joy, your happy place. I pray you live there, not just in this Advent season, and not just for the next several weeks, but all year long. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful. We are amazed. We are humbled at the fact of the enormity of the love that you had when you offered yourself to come into this world and redeem us with your own blood. 
Jesus, what can we say but thank you? Jesus, what would we do without you? Who would we be without you, without the hope that you are our Savior and that one day we will join you forever for feasts and parties and celebrations that will never end? All that our hearts have been longing for and are often disappointed about in this season of Christmas, we find never disappointing us when we think of you. Bless each and every one of us and help us to remember the real reason we celebrate. Amen.